0: 31. 31. 31! 31! Broken record! Broken Gonna to top, mm-hmm. We're gonna
1: shout to the top, shout the up, 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 down, Welcome to Tesla episode 154. That's me, Gary P and of course the prof Caroly. Record breakers. Record breakers, yeah. Fantastic week following the hoops uh, What a time to be alive um, Still sponsored by the Fantastic Ocean Electrical Who do all things electrical Everything electrical prof- They can even make sorgers Sorgers are all the rage now i have to get you one of them um, We'll probably get them off our official sorgers uh, Supplier of the podcast We're just knocking out our official partners here So we have surgery partners and jetty partners Yeah, and- vegan partners We have a coffee should We, we, we acquired a new one today uh, The Coffee Pod Young, the Kinder Kinderbino King Do you remember him? <laughs> yeah, him? Yeah, I mean yeah he's running a coffee shop called the coffee pod on the north side so I looked them up on on Instagram they're the official coffee supplier for the podcast now so we're, I think we're ahead in the race now of this at the minute with uh, Rawers. but let's have credit as well uh, looking after us as well and what they do is, is they have another scheme as well where let's say you need some CCTV footage in or equipment in your house, what they'll do is they'll come, they'll install it and then you pay it every so often, every every week. So that's what they'll do. So if uh prof any <laughs> of the prisoners escape you can see it <laughs> on your laptop. I don't know that's
2: where that was
1: going. Oh uh, yeah, but no that's what they do. They get see. C- they install CCTV, they do all stuff like that and they work with other companies as well so if you haven't got that few quid and when you when you something does go wrong, us their credit out there. So that is it for our sponsors this week. Okay, so we'll talk the bank holiday weekend with wins over Finn Harps and Waterford. And history was made, Prof. We are breaking records once again. 31 and not out. So we're going to look ahead. Top of the table clash at Richmond Park on Saturday. Looking forward to this one, Prof. It's going to be a tight affair like it always is in Richmond Park. Red cards, uh, cards, red cards, tackles, the whole lot. I think we're going to have goals as well. I'm going to predict. High scoring, I'm going to predict. And we have our first ever interview with Harry Kenny, former player of the year in 19... 19- Prof, so we weren't even born when he was winning trophies for the club, so uh, our Player of the Year series continues, and we are looking forward to this one, it's a fantastic interview, so stay tuned, Um, 13 seasons with the club, Prof, big one. It's one of those where a
2: couple of people just assumed that we already had him on. Yeah, I think it was, uh,
1: spoke about him and all, but we never really had him on, but but a funny fella, those Kennys are a funny bunch now. Certainly are. So, uh, yeah, last week's show at Webby went down a tree as well, lovely fella, uh, friend of the show, good yeah. man, and uh, we're really happy with us. I mean, <laughs> he has to get that footage of this, of Pajo Craig losing a limb. He's promised to show me next time Harps
2: come to Talla. Oh, brilliant. So I'm going to nab him in the tunnel.
1: Brilliant, yeah, that sounds totally wrong, but either way. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, we'll definitely try and get him to send to you.
2: I took no chances with the show last week, did I care? That thing was uploaded at five in the morning. The Aussie Hoops were delighted, I'd say.
1: Oh yeah, I'm here, by the way, since we're talking about deleting certain things, can we please tell the, the fans about the voice note you sent me? Prof sent me a voice note, giving it the large one in the last man standing. Shell scored last minute and he sends me a voice note. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you said, you said, "Oh, I have a, i have a life left, <laughs> unlike some people." And then he scored two all. Oh and he deleted it straight away. It would have been, it would have been the intro for the show. But Prof, uh, prof Garth, got to it first. Gareth, why are you making shit up? Oh I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> I swear to God, no, none of
2: this happened. Uh, Absolutely, brilliant. none of this happened.
1: Yeah, so great, you're great right. stuff. Away, he would be the top lad, isn't he? I oh, actually yeah, loved him at the club. Like, he was a footballer centre half. And he was always good I, I, yeah. I rated him Definitely
2: Like I said uh, Last week quite
1: Pretty like unlucky
2: To lose his place In the team It just It was came down to Who, who came in You know Grace O'Brien mm. Pigo there
1: And sometimes Those are those Tough decisions That you make As a manager Where you you might not Necessarily have a problem With that defender But you feel like You can bring a better one in mm-hmm. So it is It's a tough decision He made But it worked out At the end
2: We had a bit of A landmark there Garrett A 1,500 Twitter follower was Adam Dunn
1: Adam Dunn good stuff I didn't even notice I'm still trying to hit mm-hmm. that 1500 on Instagram make sure you follow us on Instagram Tales from the East End um, young Adam Dunn right and Twitter is at East End Pod it's at East End Pod yeah but last uh, oh yeah Prof shit got real on Twitter Crumlin and Kimmage debate is Kimmage real is Crumlin really the hotbed of talent that we think it is uh, the border between Kimmage and Crumlin was disputed There was all sorts going on Those maps flying about The gloves came off uh, Emma Wheatley has never been more wrong in all her life <laughs> With her shout about Was it Cashel or Stanaway I think she was talking about it Was Cashel Road she, Yeah said Cashel She said she thinks Cashel Road is in Kimmage Which is so way off the mark I can't even begin to describe it That's just opposite Leo Laboratories That is Crumlin True and true No it's madness uh,
2: we, we asked Donald, uh, Donald Fallon to enter the fray i sure if he did Do you actually read uh, Donald's tweets in his voice? Because, 100% because And I, I try do. and
1: I try and reenact
2: it as well I know yeah <laughs> he's brilliant. I'm there I'm reading his tweet and he's going like According to Daft.e, everything in Crumlin is in Kimmage everything in Kimmage is in Terenure <laughs> In all seriousness it's a never ending debate Dominic Behan's book had a chapter Called to hell. Or to Kimmage.
1: Bum <laughs> yeah. bum 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 bum. Probably you're always a dab hand at the old impressions. Um, we had something from... Um, uh, brilliant stuff though. I mean it's, it's tough. To th- it is. Like it's actually... Did you see the maps? See how small it is? It's fucking tiny.
2: I spent a few minutes studying that map. Tiny. I got a headache to be honest.
1: And... Neil Walsh behind us literally we'll probably throw rocks at his gaff he seems to think he's in Kimmage he's not that's, um, that's madness that's not Kimmage no, at all i not having that at all
2: probably Neil who dropped me that uh, ultra shirt today was
1: it it was yeah,
2: yeah. it was Neil yeah. just thinking just, he's a, a Kimmageite, a this evening. Kimmageite? Kimmageite? Uh, Ryan Kimmageite uh, Crumlin' Kimmageite Ryan the Crumlin native he found this on bars.ie and both of us kind of agree with this one actually this person on bars.ie said Stanaway Road divides Crumlin and Kimmage up as far as Clonard Road where you then have Kimmage to the left and Crumlin to the right. Crumlin takes in Stanaway Drive and Cashel Road up to Ravensdale and Captain's Road. So Ravensdale is in Kimmage Um, and
1: Captain's Road is in Crumlin. Bang on the money. Tomo, Crumlin resident as well. Tomo, my brother. I said to him, I said, where's the four provinces? And he was like, "Kimmage, I was like, "How do you know?" And he's like, "I don't know." <laughs> and he, but he said the same thing. He said, "Ravensdale. So Ravensdale yeah. is the big divider there, because the fact that roller shops that roller shops is Kimmage, yeah, so we were always buying our childhood sweets in Kimmage, so that was posh, that was right really posh. I am,
2: so, I am very close to Kimmage. Mm, you're
1: you're, extre- you're, you're yeah. on the border, you're like yeah. uh, you're like Crimea." and <laughs> Russia and Ukraine like you're on the border here I could do like the homer now I'm a gimmish <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you actually could <laughs> Yeah. so yeah any, anyone else with any clearance on this let no, us know it's it's a serious issue it really is uh, yeah so Finn Harp's 2-0 up at Bally Buffet and Pico had a mystery stomach bug that uh, they caught it could be appendicitis but it was okay so Joey O'Brien filled in for Pico Finn O'Neill Gaffney also came in so uh, we went for experience at the back. It was down as five three two. Once again, I give a shout out to Raf and his uh, his creative uh, TV exploits. I love his packages. The way it's just so informative. You've got the formation there. You've got every player, every number, pictures, the whole lot. It's really, really informative. But some of them aren't. Some of them are really poor. I think Shell's TV or someone along the lines of that. They just show the highlights. And I hate, like, what? how hard is it to put a formation up? For these guys who are like these wizards with with PCs, instead of just like naming the team in a line, and there's no structure or format to it, that really annoys me. So there's the keeper, yeah. and then the striker, and then the midfielder, left full. Like there's there's no structure. In this day and age, like it's a minimum
2: requirement. Yeah. For like a highlights package. If you
1: give a fuck about it, like yeah. if you really care about it, but I love ours. Brilliant, especially the the perch view, the view from Prof's perch.
2: Yeah, James Law was like. I don't know why i love this view so much it was like it's because it looks like the purse James. yeah that's why you're
1: pining for it
2: but uh yeah so we saw that uh we, we had heard earlier in the day that Pigo might not make the start in 11 but more importantly gar we got the team sheet and we got the massive blow with the news that ryan Connolly wasn't playing for yeah
1: Herbst. i know carl Cairns was absolutely disgusted um then we knew we were in for a game The the nine toad wonder <laughs> Casembar,
2: I think he has, only has nine yeah. talks. Just to you know on, on Wash L O I, um someone made a good point that uh the commentary is too loud. To the point where you can't really hear the on the pitch stuff. It's cause Siobhan Madigan has squeezed one out <laughs> over the years. Uh, whether it's Chavon or whoever, like, it's just you can't hear any of the sideline shouts or anything like that. They've just they've deliberately raised the volume of the
1: commentary too high. Can we give a shout out to the Dundalk and Longford game, first of all, for some of the best com- commentary ever. Oh, the horse racing D- commentary. Burn <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. I, I listened to that all day long. He was just so into it. He's so into it. It sounds like he was doing the Grand Nationals. Yeah, someone else was giving out. Someone else on Twitter. One of Rollers fans on Twitter was saying he doesn't have to be those, so descriptive. I was like, yes, this is brilliant. <laughs> this is really, like, it's, it's class. But the co-commentator for this game, Harps, he was quite dull and boring, wasn't he? No, was that. Who was I saying? Was it Rory Higgins? Sounds like he's got a mouthful of coleslaw. <laughs> you were saying, who's your man who has the mouthful of marbles? Jerry Jerry even Oriole. Yeah. Marbles and coleslaw. Eight marbles in his mouth. Yeah, so uh, first half, rough Fans watching through the fence. Possibly one of our gang, Mitzi, made his way up to, to Bali Buffet. Have uh, you heard from him? It, it, I haven't heard from him in weeks. It looked like him. I'm from weeks. He's been in. He's in the group, all right. But no he is more. mad
2: enough to make the longest trip in, in the League of Ireland just to peak through offence Yeah,
1: he certainly is. Yeah. Fourth
2: so, um, half chances, prof. Well, the first incident of the half was obviously Graham Burke getting, getting booked for simulation after three minutes.
1: I know all day. What was? The, oh, do you know what? Me and I was talking to another fellow tonight, and we actually couldn't place the name of the ref. We were saying Adriano Real. We were saying McLaughlin. Who was it? it was Hennessy oh Hennessy Jesus it, it was the man who the gave, man who did his best not to give us a penalty because he gave us penalties.
2: he gave us three penalties in five minutes here last year and he runs over and, bur- and books Burke here and you're thinking oh ok we're not getting the penos no
1: anymore. definitely not and I, like he chopped them chopped them down but Burke does look for them and his reputation, i guarantee, in that referee's room, they'll sit around and they'll say, OK, what are we looking out for? What are the details and the signs out of this game? They're going to say, sport goes down easy. They're going to say, oh, maybe they know Joey O'Brien handles players in the box. So watch out for that. You know, he's always at it. Those little things like that that they talk to each other about. Mm. So that's... Uh, Did you see th- the league definitely. race one? The league race one? Uh, yeah, where he just got hurricaned. Off the ball. If that's if that's anywhere else in the pitch, that's a foul. Fucking Roy U just came and <laughs> fireballed him out of the
2: box. I asked him about in the interview, and he said he was genuinely just surprised. Yeah, he just hadn't didn't feel it coming at all. He was probably thinking, "Why well, he's up? Yeah.
1: Why am I up there in the first place?" And then he yeah. just bundled over. And uh, now all day crazy. So we just knew we well, are going to have to do this proper way football.
2: Yeah. So first half, neither side had a shot on target. Yeah, it was one of those games, it was wasn't one it? One of those. Um. But I mean, right up until you know seventy-four minutes when we get the goal, like Harps were always in the
1: game. Like they were competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, Loving watching Barry McNamee as well. On the whenever I get a chance, I'll stick Harps on just, just because even it's worth watching the ninety minutes, just to kind of get a hold of fucking Ollie at the end of it. Ollie's brilliant. He's <laughs> just so listenable. Like he's up He's absolutely top class. And here's the mm-hmm. thing. As great as he is at Harps, is there a debate for him to ever go forward and step up and take up a bigger club? Do you think he'd ever do well? It's like the Sam Allardyce debate. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's like Sam always thought you could manage
2: Real Madrid if you had an Italian surname. Yeah. But um, Yeah, Harps Harps were, were in the game very much so. Uh, the old long trolls, that's one of their specialties, isn't it? E- oh, Ethan It's Boyle. always
1: tough to deal with, isn't it? Yeah,
2: Ethan Boyle actually played well in this game. Mm, of course he did. <laughs> yeah. Um, they actually had a couple of chances just before we took the lead Carlos Sullivan, he fizzed the ball across the box And it uh, was quite dangerous but uh, didn't go in thankfully
1: Some good young players and uh, like even the likes of Foley up front you know, It's a handful, mm-hmm. foreign players and they're all on their high horse Not on their high horse but they're playing well you know, and their confidence is mm-hmm. high
2: You mentioned the four provinces earlier, I actually went over at half time Oh, yeah. Because they were doing takeaway points for the first time since COVID.
1: And tell me, this was busy.
2: Actually was. Brilliant. Excellent to see. Decent, decent crowd build up there. I actually met a fellow Hoop. He was wearing a Rawer's mask, so I introduced myself.
1: So what are, we, what are we talking? Are they lingering around
2: or are they just drinking in the fields? In in the houses you Now across the way
1: yeah, yeah 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 Seems to be all like Coming Brilliant. out of there Great stuff I mean top fucking class Great yeah. to hear Great to hear that Back on their feet Yeah it's good to and see On Friday, Saturday, Sunday They're back again Whiskey sours They're going for this week Prof and a better beer Menu as well Of course they're having The World Cup and puddle. But uh, yeah Prof Did you get what, Tell me this Did you mm. ramble in next door And get a pizza
2: Not on this occasion Actually no I usually do On the match nights And I what's didn't the
1: go to pizza For the Prof Oh, you can't grow on a pepperoni now oh I'm going old school pepperoni and a pint of Guinness <laughs> I'm going to have to make them the official pizza supplier <laughs> <laughs> pizza baker not a party Luigi's do you remember that Luigi's that used to be our our local chipper until it <laughs> controversially got shut down but yeah so we move on to the goal prof and Gaffney and it it was one of those things the keeper he's actually not a bad keeper now I, I think he's one of the more solid ones but he let it drop in the box and Gavin, he, Gaffney stabbed home Gaffney pounced, yeah. That oh, was a terrible mistake <sighs> by the keeper. Did you see the, the luck Webby gave
2: him? Yeah. If they could kill. If looks oh, could man. kill. Oh Webby, the captain, not too impressed.
1: No. But you've played so well against the champs, the unbeaten champs for so long, you could possibly nick one with maybe a long throw or a set piece and then that happens. Yeah. I think they knew, they were just thinking, oh, we're not getting that now, this now. You know, one goal up or one goal down and then, couple of minutes later This was a beautiful header I love these yeah. Looping headers Straight onto his head Totally unmarked Marking was poor But uh, Watts again Am I right? Well it was Webby He leapt above Actually So So Above Webby Whipped yeah. in what's, what's what's on now? What's Watts? What's Watts on now For his assist? He's doing well That's the thing like, The first
2: goal Is that an assist Because the keeper Flapped at it No and, and the one against Waterford
1: Was that an assist Because he kind of Drilled it into the box it's a tw- No, I, I think because, like, let's say, put it this way, let's say you class that as a shot from Watts. Yeah. And the keeper drops, saves it, and spills it. Gaffney taps it in. That's not his assist, is it? See, this is why I don't like assist stats. Hmm. A, it's a great the, they never clear
2: cut. But, um, like, yeah, like you said, this is a great header. First goal over the club
1: for Sean Hoare. Oh, lovely looping header. So, really enjoyed that one.
2: Lee was saying afterwards that himself, Sean, Pigo, they're all six 4 so they've all been saying to each other like they need to score more.
1: Yeah, they do. I think I think uh, five
2: each as a cent- I think centre halves should be looking to score five goals every season. And Watts Watts has had some good deliveries in the last couple of weeks, in fairness. Uh there was one game where we were critical, around we? I think it was the Longford game, but I mean
1: It was, Longford game we were we were pretty yeah, poor. There was a lot of long ones, wasn't there? A lot of yeah. over hit ones and everyone
2: was terrible in that game. Yeah. But uh, since then, set pieces have been pretty good. Mm. And uh just as we were about to take that free kick Audio was sent off. sent it to stands. (laughs) I would love Ah. to hear what he said. (laughs) Listen to his stats this season. Five yellow cards and one red card in eight games. Five
1: yellows? For a manager. I don't see the point in yellows for managers, do you? (laughs) No. It's a weird one, isn't it? Yeah. Just send him off. Oh, yeah, he's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So, officially, we are even more invincible than we were before Prof we are now equal the record of 30 league games unbeaten so uh, we move yeah. on
2: or, or only 28 according to some statisticians did you see that yeah I know
1: Yeah, like we said leave it to the Prof
2: because 8 plus 18 plus
1: 8 is 28 apparently <laughs> it just shows you Prof like we said leave it to the, the men with the wall of books but the comparisons to Michael Neal's team this is actually this This is Jesus. you could do an hour on this Mm-hmm. If you could go player, well, Manus was in both of them, but you could go player for player. Enda Stevens, or Cavo, Gannon, Sully. Well, that's not
2: what I meant there. I meant the type of wins we're
1: getting. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. But if you were, it's even another debate as well. But the type of wins we're getting were very, very
2: Michael oneill esque, We had said that against Rod, I hadn't mean that the late winner of mine, of a twig winner back in oh, 2011. Do you remember that? This whole season is reminding me a little bit of 2011 because we're defending the title, and we're not blowing teams away like we were no, last year.
1: Certainly not, and we don't exactly have like a major title rival at the minute. I mean, Pats mm-hmm. are looking good, but one or two injuries to Pats, and I think they're gone. I mean, if like let's say Ronald Coughlin gets injured, right? Tell you, tell me now who replaces him up front? Now they've a small squad. They've, they've no. I think they've a couple of young guys they're going to promote. I think Ben McCormick maybe. If they get a couple of injuries or suspensions. They're, they're screwed yeah. yeah I mean they're struggling to, so do you Lennon is in there now they have a young guy Bourne's playing who is scoring and doing well but he's stepping into Benson's role isn't he or something along the lines of that Coughlin's gone I don't, I don't know who you're looking at you're looking at um, maybe your man Alfie Smith or Matty Smith that they brought in from West Ham they, they've no real replacements there so they do have mm. a tin squad um, so hopefully a couple of suspensions going their way With Joey O'Brien it was in an interview list of hatred Joey O'Brien uh, afterwards and he said that was six weeks out with a calf injury and his first training session in that time was the day before this Harps game so it was good to get 70 minutes and as he says don't get beat clean sheet three points and roll on to the next one sounds so, like he's about to rap <laughs> <laughs> Joey O'Brien Crumlin yeah. rapper
2: yeah, I, I talked to him after while, he's not happy with his gear
1: no well, do not, well go, on, go on what did he say Go on. he said we slagged him uh, we did
2: and I said to him ah listen, <laughs> listen. I said you started how many boxes but
1: he's not, he's not having it Garrett the, the fuel continues oh, fucking does He's still on it He's still on the list of hatred And tell you what I Tell you what Wait and see Wait, 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 wait and I see him Wait and
2: I see him There'll be trouble Well, well I think jo- If Joey's willing to admit That he got his head turned By Con's millions He did If he just holds his hands up And comes back to Tifties Where he belongs
1: we we'll Take him back Let me call the truth Take him back and call the truth And say listen yeah. You saw the dollar signs Saw the dollar signs And you said Yeah I'm going to take the money be a money whore we'll take him back all, all is forgiven come back to where you belong Joey once told me we might even reinstate him as a crumlin
2: Joey once told me that he only wanted to do our podcast that
1: was a, that was, that was a heart to heart as well, well yeah. he tore the heart his chest
2: he, after that I thought he meant that he's <laughs> since done two more Graham Cummins and Con Murphy ah oh, here
1: ah oh, here listen
3: yeah But But, uh,
2: Joey was um, actually complimentary towards Harps Afterwards, he said they've they've grown in the last couple of seasons Uh, Lee Gray said the pitch was the best it's been Since he's been playing for us That's good news
1: yeah yeah. Loving watching um, um, Foley and McNamee seem to have a little bit of an understanding there as well And your man the country western singer who takes the (laughs) throw-ins With the big mop of hair He takes the really really long throw-ins and they an, another little baldy lad It was a Coyle Mark Coyle in the middle of the park mm-hmm. He was a nuisance in the forest a little baldy lad With a tash He ran amok in the forest he broke down Everything Busy, busy man Is that the American Taking the drones? I don't know I don't know because, They've got American Because
2: yeah Because I've got American stats here I know they have a Swedish-Canadian It's because of our city you know? I did a bit of random research Gary I looked into Americans In the League of Ireland Go on Or the, the top flight, of the League of Ireland
1: Hold on Can I guess yeah. a couple?
2: There's only three Ryan Guy Jake no, Keegan, not at the moment. right yeah. At the moment, there is at the mountains need three. Okay, go on. So do you remember again? Remember we played Dundalk, and there was a fella called oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus Garcia on the or bench. something, wasn't it? Jesus uh, Perez was on the bench against us. He's a twenty-three-year-old forward from the US who was signed from Tacoma Defiance. Yeah, Bill Hulitzer's son-in-law, cousin, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, Longford have a 24 year old goalkeeper called Luke Dennison. He hasn't played a game yet. Right. And the other one is the Finn Harps player I'm talking about. He's a 29 year old midfielder from Colorado Springs.
1: Colorado Springs!
2: And his name is Will Seymour! Seymour! So, yeah, Garrett, if you think I just went through all that stats just to make a Simpson joke, yeah.
1: Yeah, you'd be right. You'd be right. <laughs> would yeah. be the first time. Yeah, so up next we have uh, The main man Good Rover stock um, we got Harry Kenny Put it in uh, Harry, welcome to the podcast I think this interview is a uh, long over
2: Considering you spent 13 seasons And made over 300 appearances So great to have you on uh, Can you tell us what you remember about Coming to the club in 1978 And making your debut? My God, that sounds
3: a long time ago 1978, Jesus uh, I do, yeah, I remember it well, actually. uh, I was playing with a local club, uh, Billy United. They're uh, up in Cabra there. I live up on the Navin Road, so it was uh, sort of a 20-minute walk down to Cabra. I'm um, doing reasonably well with them. And uh, a, a guy by the name of John Wilkes, uh, he was looking after the youth team up in Rovers, uh, came to a couple of the games and asked myself to over to Rovers so I went over to Rovers and it started from there um, and then just progressed along um, funny enough uh, Johnny Giles came up to the house uh, after Wilkes to convince me to sign for Rovers well I didn't take much convincing because obviously Giles was uh, an icon at the time and when he arrived in the house we uh, all nearly collapsed and we all nearly collapsed because you know he was uh, was an icon and a legend at the time so uh, yeah I signed straight away and uh, that's that's how it, how it went from there
2: That was Giles second season in charge so what was it like to work under him?
3: It was brilliant uh, really really good he did a lot of good professionals around the place uh, I don't know whether you remember fellas like Steve Linex he was Giles had him back from uh, West Brom he'd do old stages uh Ray Tracy, Haddie Bulligan, even uh, Eamon Dunphy was there. Um, so he did a lot of good old pros. Johnny Fulham, who's legendary, Shamrock Rovers, he, he was there as well. He was coming to an end. He was sort of late 30s and I had signed at 16 so um, and made my debut at 16. So there was a big gulf in age there. But um, these fellas were terrific. They were great professionals and uh, certainly looked after you um, and, and really enjoyed working with them. And, and Giles himself, like, uh, was he was a fantastic player and a really tough player, and uh, the, the, the pitches weren't great and all the rest, but uh, them fellas were absolutely fantastic to play with.
2: So, on your second full season at Milltown, you were voted Player of the Year 1980 81. Can you recall anything about the award ceremony itself and your reaction to receiving the award?
3: Wow, good question. Uh, I don't remember a whole pile if I'm honest with you. Um, I don't know whether that was young player of the year or player of the year. Is it player of the year? Yeah,
2: Yeah, I was senior player of the year, yeah.
3: Wow, the old memory's gone. Um, no, I must have had a good season then. Um, 81. That must have made me around uh, <clears throat> 19 or something. Uh, I can't really remember much of that season Uh, Giles was obviously still there because I think he left in 82, 83 I had a good year like uh, Paddy Mulligan was uh, playing at right back Um, and I was obviously a right back when I came to the club so Giles sort of moved him over to left back and I was sliding in at right back I never really looked back then after that so I sort of nailed down that position certainly under Giles anyway um, I, I enjoyed that you know
2: so you become a regular on the first team, but then just as everything has gone really well, you broke your leg against Sligo at Middletown in October 1981. Uh, we've got a few fan messages today. Uh, Nick Clark said this, he said, I remember the sickening sound of the snap as if it was yesterday, but the whole ground fell silent. So can you talk about that and how the injury impacted your career? Yeah,
3: uh, I re- a lot of people do say that to me, actually, yeah particularly the old stages that I used to go to the games, uh, about hurting the smack. Um, it was an awful break. Uh, I broke my me, me tibia then. Uh, I was only hooking the ball away. Uh, I was marking a, a, a fella that had been around the block with Sligo. He played out on the left for them. And I remember that I was trying hooking away, and uh, he just came over the ball. And as I was pulling on it, he came through right on my leg. But the funny thing was uh, well it wasn't funny um, the, the Amnes came and uh, they, they, they put me in the, in on the floor in the, in the Milltown changing rooms and uh, your man came in after the match uh, to see if I was okay to slide up there and well, I'll never forget Giles you looking at him and telling them to, you're not allowed course on this podcast but anyway he told them to F off out of the place and don't, don't come near this change room type of thing. So it was fairly frosty. Uh, I, I was going really well in, in my career. There was talk of England and all sorts of things happening for me. Um, and, and it just threw me back something terrible. It, w- it was an awful point in my career in, in regards to trying to be a professional footballer, whether it be across the water or even at home, you know. A, a, and in them days, it was harder to recover. Like you, like fellas are recovering now within the year. It took me a year and a half, nearly, to recover from that. So, um, with, I'd lost the fitness, i put on a bit of weight, and all that sort of thing. So, um, I had to work myself back from that. But it was tough going. Like, but the club were very, very good to me in that. And Giles was great. He was up the house, and you know, it was very good.
2: You're more than welcome to curse in this podcast, by the way. But uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, so Peter Eccles took your spot on the team then and you had a fight in your hands to, to get it back?
3: Yeah, I had a fight in my hands. Like, funny enough I I went to um I'm not so sure if it was the summer after I, I broke my leg. I went over to uh Vancouver. Giles he was managing boats, you know, he was managing uh Vancouver in the summer and uh managing rovers in the winter and he, he He'd bring over the odd lad. I know Dave Henderson went, and Bucko went, Liam Buckley went, and uh, Pierce O'Leary at the time. He ended up going, ended up signing for them and club, got a, a few bobs. So, Gilles, he sort of invited me over to, you know, I was getting back at this stage, and uh, to try and recuperate and get playing over there and then be ready for the Irish season when it came round in August, September. But uh, when I got over there, I, started, I broke it again after about six, well, it wasn't even six weeks, after about a month over there. So that was a bit of a bummer. So I was just in and out of physio rooms and uh, trying to recuperate there in Vancouver. But I got a nice six months there. It was great. I was living with uh, Pierce O'Leary at the time. So um, there was a lot of stars over there in Vancouver, like the likes of Peter Beardsley, Alan Taylor, who used to play for West Ham. You're probably too young to remember him, but uh, all, all the all the good old Leeds players were there. Um, anyone that's of a vintage would remember. Obviously, period. A lot of where he died not so long ago. Um Giles, he had all these uh, lads in from uh, the old First Division in the UK, um, and and the, the league over there was a good league at the time. The Vancouver were sort of averaging thousand You know, so it was. Whilst I didn't play very much. It was very, very enjoyable, and I really seeing what a professional footballer's life is like, you know.
2: So four league titles and three FEI cups. So, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think about all that success? Is there a standout achievement, a game, or even a, a final? Ah, oh, very good question.
3: Uh, I always uh, brag about the, the the penalty I scored in uh, in Dalier. That was the first one against Dundalk. I was too sure which cup final that was I think it was 87 Um, uh, Brendan Brendan what was his name he was taken down in the box anyway so I had been on penalties and and, and Mick Bourne the cheeky fucker you know he he was looking to take it then he was looking for the glory of the cup final and all that so he put me under a bit of pressure so I said no I've been taking them all season I'm, I'm taking this one you know so um, Alan O'Neill obviously was ex Rovers, and I played with Alan a little bit. He was in goals for Dundalk. Uh, he left when uh, Jim at Lockdown, uh arrived. So, um, but, but, but funny enough, it was uh, Keeley that was managing us that day. So, I think that'd be right. Yeah, I think so. And uh, uh sure, I, I thought Alan would have known where I was going to put it, but um, bit of cat and mouse But I sent him to the shops that day. Sent him the wrong way. So. Uh, well, yeah, it worked out well. Was it The first one's always, you know, I say that to Mick Borda. He scored as well that day. And Larco, I think, scored. Um, so I always say to Mick, the first one's always important. The second and third is just, you know, a bit of a token gesture.
2: <laughs> you mentioned Mick Byrne and Larco there, the three of you is, and Pat Byrne. You had a bit of a reunion there, didn't you, at the Aviva Stadium in 2019 when Roberts ended the Huda?
3: That's right, yeah, we we had a great old day, there was uh, a lot of the lads there, there was Mick Neville and Peter and a good few of the boys, Uh, and we had a good old day in the the Aviva and as you say, Rovers ended the hoodoo, there was a good crowd at it and you know, we had a great day, Uh, we even went back to the uh, hotel where uh, the supporters were and where uh, the the team was, Um, things in the old Burlington. Um, so yeah we had a good night and a great day, it was good
2: yeah. Uh, another fan question Jason asks did Harry ever score a better goal than the one in the top of the table clash with Galway in 1986 which all but decided the league that year he wants to know what's your memories of that day and did you score many with your left foot
3: Uh, (laughs) that's a good question I, I was lucky to score at all if I'm honest with you uh, I didn't score too many goals I uh, scored uh, penalties alright but um, as regards scoring goals from open play I, I didn't score too many um, and I remember that one well my mum and dad were down there as well there was a good crowd uh, very big crowd at it uh, we were top of the table and they were chasing us down and uh, we, we, we had a great day uh, I scored with my left foot and that's normally just for standing in so I don't know whether I flew that one but it flew into the top corner um, as if I had curled it in so I remember Pat Bourne started setting me up and uh, I curled it in it was, it was a good goal actually even if I say so myself but um, yeah we, we we won well that day I think Dulo and Liam O'Brien scored as well I think it was 3-1 or 3 nothing that day um, but yeah we won the game very well and played really well and, and the, the pitch wasn't great for us you know uh, we used to like to get it down and pass and play but uh, oh, we we definitely uh, sort of marched on from that day we sort of put uh, a bit of light between ourselves and go we, we, we marched on and won the league again that, that year yeah it was great so staying in
2: 1986 we were talking about Derby memories in the podcast recently good and bad and Con Murphy brought up the time that you were sent off against Bowes after just four minutes and what happened was then another fan jim conroy heard that story and he gave us the real story as to why paddy daly showed you the red card and it was crazy so what do you remember from it
3: well i don't know what his real story is and my actual story i remember it well I, i tell you why i remember it well I'm even surprised it was four minutes on the clock. Um, i I uh, tell you why I remember it, actually, because uh, my man and I used to go to all the matches, you know, home and away, and uh, we're a big Rovers family, even though we're from the north side. All the brothers are big Rovers, and my dad was. So um, and we didn't really like both. So when they arrived into the match... Uh, my dad was cracking up. He thought he was a bit late getting in with my man. And he thought that I wasn't starting or playing. Then he says to me, ah, for fuck's sake, we better get out of here. He didn't even start the match. And a, a fella said to him, <laughs> he did. He said, he's after being sent off a minute ago, you know. that. <laughs> so uh, yeah. so that that was a bit of gas. But uh, the, the, the sending off incident was the ball went out for a throw and myself and uh, funny that, that that lad you mentioned Jimmy Conway I think it was Tom Conway I went to myself and him went to grab the ball he was Bo's left back and we both sort of arrived at the same time to get the ball so I sort of lifted my arm up and caught him right in, in the eye now it was an accident we were both just disputing to get the ball but Paddy couldn't wait to get the red card out for so, for some reason and I know Paddy well and every time over the last well, me ma would always say to him, mention that to him, you know, so she gets a bit of gas out of that uh, incident. <laughs> what, what, what was the real story that Jimmy was saying?
2: Yeah, Jim said that, he was he was told this by a very good source, that uh, Tom Conway Conway had accidentally cut his head in the dressing room before the game. So then when you had that little tussle for the for throw-in, the wound opened up again. And then Tom pointed to his bloody head and said, "Paddy, look what he's after doing." And that got you sent off.
3: That could be right, you know, because I didn't catch him that well. Like I I couldn't have uh, opened up the skin or anything. But you know, when I did it, so it could be right there. I heard something like that, all right. But I, I I blew it off. I didn't believe it. But now that you say it, and you have a good source, it could be true, all right. You know, that's gas.
2: And he shall. I'll send you the picture later, but it's a picture of you in the newspaper as you're being shown the red card, and you look bemused to say the least.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. that's a cracker.
3: Oh, jeez, yeah. oh, send that on to me.
2: So, what about the sale of Glenmuller Park? How did you and the other players react to that horrible news? It was horrible news,
3: uh, it was an awful kick in the teeth, you know. um like I, I was there for 13 seasons, you know, I grew up there, I went there as a 15-year-old, as a I remember training with Giles um, on a Saturday before a match in, in the car park there, um, the pitch was immaculate, it was a great ground um, and we had a fantastic, fabulous re- record um, there and uh, it was awful stuff, and that was sort of muted that it was going to be sold. I didn't really believe it. I don't think the lads uh, believed it either at the time because you know everything was going well. The crows were half decent. We were we were winning leagues, as you mentioned earlier, and and going very well. And uh, we just couldn't believe when it when it actually did happen. It was horrible. And I remember playing on the on the last day. I think it was Sligo wasn't it, in the the cup? Yep. Um, And, uh, you know, it was just a gut-wrenching feeling. Like, uh, I had fantastic memories there, as did my family have great memories, and I'm sure all the Rovers fans had great memories. And, you know, it it was was certainly uh, a mecca of of a place, and the the fans loved it. But it was... uh, it was hard to move on, and, and uh, the way things went after that it, it proved that it was hard, hard to move on, and then Midlachlan took all the boys up to dirty and stuff, so but it was definitely the end of a fantastic era, and uh, on, a, on a brilliant, brilliant ground. It was sad, it was sad more than anything else was, yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: Tommy wants to just ask you about the summer of 1988, so this was a year on and we were playing out of uh, Daily mounts at this stage. So you were one of only, I think, two players to say at the club, maybe just you and Jody Byrne. So what do you remember from that time? Was that when uh,
3: Kinger was in charge, was it? Yeah, uh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, you had all these, uh, and I'm not being disrespectful to the 88 players, like, you, you were used to playing with the Doolins, the Larkins, Liam O'Brien, Mick Bourne, and then prior to that it was Campbell and Buckley and Peter Eccles, Jacko, all of these players. And and then to be playing with the lads then in the 88 um, type of thing, it, it was genuinely and honestly sort of a step down. I shouldn't say that I, I'd lost interest, but you, you I didn't lose interest It just... The, you weren't, uh, you knew going out um, every week that it was going to be really, really tough to, 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 to get a result and stuff. And uh, certainly when I was with the, the boys in the early 80s uh, and their mid 80s, you were going out and you were knowing you were going to win every match. But uh, come come the late 80s, in 88, 89, it was just, it was difficult. It was difficult. And then playing in daily meant just, I know the, the, the fans and stuff, they were boycotting going to the Mount and I think we played in Talk at one stage as well so you know we, we hadn't got that brilliant support uh, behind us either um, so uh, it wasn't a great time it wasn't a great time
2: uh, You had a spell as assistant manager of Wexford there for a while last season and uh, obviously you were a manager of St. Pats then before that it was actually yourself who Stephen O'Donnell replaced as Saints boss in the middle of uh, 2019 and now you have some regrets about leaving when you did,
3: don't you? I do, yeah. Um I know I'm a good friend of the manager there. I'm not in Wexford anymore, but uh, I'm a good friend of the Wexford manager down there. And, and funny enough, I have an old mobile home in, in Wexford and his assistant had left him, so I just gave him a dig out to the end of the season and um, put, a, put a few matches in this season. But uh, no, nah, that was just helping out um, a, a good a good friend of mine. Uh, as regards the Pats thing, um, I had done really well with Bray. I should, should have got them into Europe, but uh, there was a lot of messing around at Bray when I was there. But um, I, I enjoyed the Pats um, and signed what I thought was, was a good squad that was going to compete for a European spot. Um, and we're going reasonably well. Um, but we, we lost to UCD in the second or third round of the Cup. Um, three-one out there. I'll never forget it. Like UCD, I don't. I don't think it was the previous week. About two weeks prior to that, Bowles had beaten them nine or ten. Do you remember that result? They had absolutely
2: yeah, yeah,
3: hammered them. And then you know we were supposed to just walk over them and get into the next round. Uh, it was actually to get into the quarters against Sligo. Um, but never got going on the night and. Uh, I, I I took a lot of stick and uh, I spoke to the owner and we just called the quits then basically after that. Now, it was foolish because we were only uh, three points or something behind Dirty and Bowes. And we'd still to play both of them and we'd had uh, UCD to come to Inchicore and we had... Uh, so some of the one of the other teams are way down the bottom to, to come to Inchicore. So, and there was about six or so, seven matches. So, it was, it was all to play for for them European so That was that was my my big regret, really. You know, but anyway, such is life. You make these decisions.
2: And I don't know how closely you're following, but there's a top of the table clash coming up next week. St. Pat's and Raw was at Richmond Park. So, how do you see that one going? Yeah, Pats are going very well at the moment
3: Um, and I don't think Rovers have clicked into gear just yet despite them going really well and I know they're on this magnificent run of unbeaten matches Um, I don't think they're playing as well as they did last year Now in saying that um, to to have McInef and Jack Borneau your midfield that's a really, really hard thing to do and to replace Um, and I know the, the lad McCann has come in but um to replace Jack and uh, I think McEnough was a little bit understated last year he's a really really good player um, they'd they're, they be hard to replace I know Tell is coming in and that should help greatly and I still think Rovers will win the league but um, I, I, I think they'll, they, they'll start when Tell comes in I think they'll really get, uh, get back to where they were last year but I don't think they're quite there just yet but it is the sign of a good squad and a good team you know they're going they go along nicely And uh, They're at the top With Pats And Pats have made A couple of good signings As well You know With, with Benson coming in um, Forrester's beginning To hit farm In the middle of the pitch he score two Last week So uh, It makes for a good game They both play Decent football And uh, Yeah I'd say it'd be a good game The, the first game Was half decent The, the, the one all draw With a couple of good goals In it So Yeah I'd be looking forward To that one That'd be a good game
2: you mentioned your time at Bray Wanderers uh, around 2017 2018, you were, you were doing a very good job there, meanwhile Robbers yeah. were really up and down results, were you, were you aware that your name was uh, consistently mentioned by fans as the, the next Robbers manager because I remember coming out of Tala one time after he had another derby defeat and I happened to be walking next to you and John Conley and then John joked said, and said to you, uh, when are you coming in Harry? and then you sort of Tongue and cheek. I think you were gone at that stage from Bray, but you were tongue and cheek. were like, uh, "I'll send him CV in the morning." But uh, (laughs) did you ever pay attention to it, or did you just laugh it off, kind of like you did with John? There.
3: No, I did pay attention to it. Of course, I did. Um, um, As as Stephen Bradley, and I know Stephen well; he's a friend of mine. As Stephen would always say in a a lot of his interviews, you know, they're the biggest club in the country, and they are. And uh, anyone that's into football with any aspirations of managing or even playing for that matter wants to be uh, involved with Sean McRover's because it is, in my opinion, um, the pinnacle of anyone's uh, career in this country for sure. And uh, I would have loved a crack at it because I was going well in, in the management end of and the things. uh just didn't work out. Football is like that, you know, but, um, yeah, they're loving to the go with it, but it wasn't to be.
2: As you said, your your family has a bit of a robber's tradition there. Your father-in-law, Huey Gannon, won the Cup in uh, 1955, and, of course, your brother, Mark, played for the Hoops in the late 90s, so it's a, it's a robber's family for sure.
3: Yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. Uh, the father-in-law did, didn't play much, but... Um yeah, he, he's a good man and a, a good football man. But uh, as for Beach Boy, um, I wish I had had his talent. Um, he was a brilliant talent. Uh, I won't say he threw it away because he had a good four years in, in Liverpool and had a good career back here with Rovers. He came back to Bangor up north. But Mark, um, I, I've seen a lot of good kickers the ball and, and a few spring to mind like... McNeville, Liam O'Brien, Pat, they were always great free kicks, corners, dead ball situations but I think Mark was the best of them. Um, You know, you knew if uh, there was a a free kick anywhere in around the edge of the box that he was going to... It was like a penalty to Mark. He always always stuck them in. He was uh, very, very, very talented. Um, Yeah, he's a good hoops man as well, actually. As as are all the lads in the house uh, We're all the Rovers,
2: you know. A fan question comes in from Austin. He wants to know, who's the best defender you played with and who are Rovers' best back four?
3: Oh, fucking hell. I'll tell you what, if if I don't mention Jacko in this heat, he's living in France at the moment and I keep in touch with him a
2: bit, he'd crack up, do you know that? He'd really crack up. I know, sure, Uh, I I interviewed him on all yeah.
3: If uh, yeah, he's held a few uh, parkies that day. I heard that one actually. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Yeah, um, without myself being in it, I'd say Mick Neville at right back, best defenders. Peter Peter was an outstanding centre back. Peter was very very good. Peter Eccles. Um, I'll I'll have to put uh, Jacko in there beside him because. I wouldn't hear the end of it if uh, I didn't and uh, they did compliment each other actually him and Peter Jack was good uh, football and centre back Um, and uh, there's there's, uh, probably Kevin Brady at left back Um, I've played with a couple of very good left backs at in John Cody, played there a bit, but he was mainly out on the left when we were playing and winning stuff. And I, I can't forget uh, Jim Beglin either. Played with Jim a fair bit when Giles was there. Uh, when he got his move to Liverpool, a, a great fella and uh, a, a brilliant footballer. Um, Jim was another great left back. So it, it'll probably be Kevin Jacko Peter and Mick Neville at right back.
2: You mentioned some star players you played against uh, when you were away in Canada. You played against the Italian League. You played in Olympic qualifiers. So you've got some good contenders for this next question. Who's the best player you've played against?
3: Wow. Uh, Like we did, particularly uh, never mind Ireland. Like I look back at different programs. You'd be after playing against Mancini and Ruud Gullet and what were them brothers, the Dutch brothers, uh, you played against all sorts of stupid... Uh, Mark, uh, Jesper Olsen on his debut for United, Mark, Kevin Keegan, all of these fellas. Um, you now, if it was it was just a regular League of Ireland, I'd say that the, the best player I played against would have been... Uh, probably Terry Everson gave me the toughest time because he was a dirty bastard, you know? Um, you, you'd always end up with some sort of Bruised eye or a cut on your head or something. Uh, So I used to enjoy marking him, he'd be up for it. And uh, he was a mad fucker as well, you know. So you never knew what you were going to get with him. But I'd say 30 in in the local leagues, but um, like, play, I've had, uh, even if I say so myself, uh, I got great enjoyment down my own career. I've played all over the world and travelled everywhere. And as you rightly said, we played in. Olympics, I marked uh, Anders of um, Arsenal in the Olympics, that type of thing, you know, when there's, there, at the time you don't even know who these fellas are, but when you look back at programs and say, oh yeah, he went on to have a good career and that type of thing, so yeah, it was great. Um, i tell you who was really, really good, um, a, a non-competitive best player, if I can put it that way, was uh, John Barnes of Liverpool. Um, very, very good. He, yeah, uh, throw me inside out actually that was funny enough that was in the old uh, Lansdowne Road when uh, it was a League of Ireland selection against Liverpool they bashed us 5 Nothing they did it In Rush and all of them good players playing but John Barnes tore me inside out that day but anyway uh, I enjoyed it it was brilliant.
2: Uh, Mark Welsh wants us to ask you does Harry remember being in a hospital ward he thinks you had a broken ankle Uh, with my grandfather, who bent his ear off for days about his grandson and how much he loved football. Harry produced a signed poster for said grandson, possibly to shut him up, and I've been a Roberts fan ever since.
3: (laughs) I I have a shit memory, I swear to God. I don't know whether (laughs) fucking Alzheimer's or something is kicking in. I have an awful memory, but I I think the only real uh, football injury I got was the broken leg and I think I was in Vincent's hospital um, for that one. Um, and I, I was in for a fair bit. Um, a few old Doddery around me, all right. But uh, I, I wouldn't be able to single them out, um, to be honest with you.
2: <laughs> uh, you mentioned Jacko there, that you, you still keep in touch with him. Mick McGuardy, that was one of his questions. Do you keep in touch with Jacko? Because uh you you two were the, the messers of the dressing room, weren't you, at Milltown? Oh, we'd a bit of crack. Uh,
3: Jacko wasn't that long there, you know. Um, I used to go in and out uh, to train him with uh, Peter Eccles. Peter was a good cameraman, and I was up on the Navan Road, so my dad used to give myself and Peter a lift all the time to the to matches and stuff. And uh, yeah, it was it was mainly Peter, but when Jacko was around, he was an awful man, I tell you, he really was. Uh, and uh, we used to go out. as a group after matches and stuff with Liam, Peter Jacko and myself you know and sort of sort of hang out when we were up around up there in Milltown and then you had the old stage there's Larko and Pat Bourne and they used to sort of stick together as well but it was a great mix of youth and experience and uh, they were brilliant fellas to play with they were just mad into their football everyone knew their job and uh, fabulous footballers really were they were terrific
2: well, I'm going to leave the last question to uh, Billy Nolan. Do you know this gentleman?
3: Billy Nolan.
2: Yep. Billy
3: Nolan. No, well, me, I probably do, but i brute
2: for names. He says Does Harry remember walking around Quinsworth in Finglas village with a pair of women's knickers on his head?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I do know Billy Nolan, I do. <laughs>
0: I think I've worked with Philly. He's a good Rovers man, isn't he, yeah?
3: Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, i worked with Philly, yeah. No way had had a pair of cacks on my head, no <laughs> way. Um, I, I remember uh, walking around Fingless all right, and uh, the manager there was a big bow's head, Dominic Bourne at the time, and uh, I was Rovers, but he was very good to be letting me off for training on Saturdays and that type of thing. Uh, a great crack in that Fingless, uh place. I ended up in there because... Uh, the, the full time went, went belly up with rovers at the time so there was about 18 to 20 professionals there that needed to do something so they sort of farmed us out to all these different jobs and because Quinsworth were the sponsors of uh, the team I ended up going there so uh, yeah I had good times there I made a good living there and I ended up in the lifestyle end of things and did really well and became a shareholder and everything so I, I delugged it uh, Thank Quinsworth for it And then subsequently Lifestyle
2: It was great oh, We'll leave it there So Harry uh, You've been absolutely Brilliant today uh, Thanks so much For talking to me But I've
3: no Cacks on your head Remember that Alright
2: That's not what Billy says But okay Harry <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thanks very much Thank you
1: Thanks Harry See you You're welcome Bye Yeah so great Stuff from Harry um, Great memories A different account Of what happened That day against Bowles As well um, great to hear from him. Good to hear that he's genuine Rovers as well. Which I don't wasn't doubting them, but you know, sometimes ex players kind of say, Oh, you're yeah, Rovers, but the DA was mad about Rovers, they all went, they all still yeah. are. So it's great to hear that. Was great, to hear, and he knew, yeah. he knew like everything, he knew everything about the recent team. He, he, I just agreed with everything. I found myself nodding, just going, Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. He's right about Mandrew, about all the little stats, yeah, great. he's keeping on top of things, and um.
2: Yeah i had read and interviewed him before That he had regrets about leaving Pats Because If you look to the league table at the time Like he wasn't too far off Europe And they had a couple of winnable games Coming up Definitely yeah I don't remember you
1: saying that at the time I remember you saying That's that's like a little bit harsh Mm -hmm. I remember the game that it was Did he he offer to walk away didn't he before that After maybe. After UCD. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then O'Donnell came in and then here we are now. Stephen O'Donnell's pets are our nearest challengers. But
1: possibly because he was walking around shops with women's cacks on. Mm-hmm. That's, that's well, another
2: debate for another day. Uh, strongly denied by, by H. <laughs> walking around. That, that was Billy Nolan who asked that question. And uh, Billy also asked, is he the real H from Line of Duty? So this, this began the Line of Duty memes during the week but uh, Billy Billy's actually a great Rovers fan who he's lived on Dundalk for, in recent years so behind it, enemy lines it's been suggesting me he'd be a good good guest to get on the show before we go to Oriel Park yeah in a couple of weeks great, yeah yeah Yeah, so Harry uh, yeah enjoy that interview not a great addition to our player of the year series in terms of he absolutely remembered nothing about it
1: I reckon banjo before mona <laughs> might be a, a welcome phrase there but aside from that uh uh, really good one yeah so good big shout out to Harry and of course Beach Boy as well we've got to mention a uh, friend of the show Mark Kenny who could play the fiddle with that left foot but uh, yeah so we'll move on now and we beat Waterford 3-0 and we with Sean Gannon returning to the starting 11 and young Max Murphy made his second start of the season left wing back so there were three uh, back three of scales Hor and Grace and Pico was an unused sub in the day so Brad's are started Gaffney and Green together with Borky being rested so I reckon Borky's obviously Going to start against Pats, being rested against Waterford. Um, it's a tough team to pick, Prof. We have a tough starting level to go with this. So, I mean, it's realistically, we're going to have to get our finger out this big one because we know Brazda listens. <laughs> we know he takes takes little, little snippets here and there from you know, me and your tactics and our wisdom. Well, thank God he didn't listen to you before Derry when you dropped Berkey. I know, yeah, but listen, it was all a ruse. It was just a ruse to lure him into a false end. But like he said to us in the elbow, he said, I owe it all to you. I listen to your show and it just guides me and if he closes his eyes and he listens and he takes it all in and he just thinks yes the lads know their stuff so pretty, we're pretty much picking the team every week <laughs> not a medal in our cabinet though is there so we'll move on with uh, John Cody on co-commentator a nice tree for Hoops fans that was great it was great good posty, ex posty himself from good stock I'm actually jealous yeah I might have to
2: watch this game back just listen to John
1: Mm. Really good, so uh, excellent stuff with you. Oh, yeah, because you're getting the real experience, mm. Prof. Yeah, I got the witness history guy in person. Yeah, John, uh, big shout out to John Connolly as well. Very, very, very envious of this man. He got in there with his daughter, Carrot and uh, a nice treat by John as well. So, uh, big, big shout out to John Connolly, and he got to see witness history as well. But the club took part in a social media blackout all weekend, so there were no live updates of the Harps or Waterford games. Uh, the aim of the boycott was to show solidarity in the fight against online abuse aimed at footballers which is mental it's ridiculous the (laughs) abuse that footballers get (laughs) online now I know certain people give them abuse at matches but that's a little bit different Mm. or is it is it different online abuse or in stadium abuse is there much of a difference probably not an avenue we want to go down
2: is this more of a focus on underage footballers or just all footballers
1: I'm not too sure I think it might have been all I think it might have been all
2: you obviously can. there was the thing last year with the Robbers women's under 17s like that was absolutely ridiculous Yeah, what went on during that game but this was this was like this started with the Premier League didn't it yeah it started with England and then Ireland joined in no I don't think any other league of Ireland club joined in oh no, it's good it's, was, it, it, was it just
1: Robbers it, I don't know I didn't, I didn't see anybody mm. I
2: didn't notice so maybe it was mm. it was just a case maybe not great timing in terms of we did it, we did it the weekend that we brought the record but well, we, we were we were planning behind the scenes, you know. We had stuff ready to go at midnight, so you know you got you got your content eventually. Yeah. Um, Kane was with me for this one. He hadn't been to a game in, in a very long time. Ah, oh, excellent stuff! Because we're getting back into documentary now. Oh yeah, take me and, home, yeah. And I I bes- I bestowed upon him the honor of picking who was the loudest man in the stadium this week.
1: <laughs> cool, uh, yeah. Let me guess. Let me guess. I'm gonna go for the whack. <laughs>
2: Well, in terms of just one man vocally, it was, it was Leon again. It was, it was the clear winner. But
1: Who is he shouting at? Because he's <laughs> not shouting
2: instructions at Alan Mannes, that's for sure. He hates referees. Oh, yes. Him and Jose have that in common. But uh, now we we want to think outside the box this week. So he's gone with Dan Cleary's PA.
1: Dan Cleary's PA? Yeah. Okay, well, really loud, is it?
2: The music is unbelievably loud.
1: I've heard this before.
2: This I've is an excellent choice because... Like I was in the square a few weeks back, an hour before kickoff, and the square was nearly shaking with foggy Dew playing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Madness. Maybe that's something for yeah. the club to consider. Yep. For Dan as well. The I've other. heard it a few times now. Forums and that.
2: Yeah, Dan had his hands full as well there with uh Prince, the Waterford number twenty three.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
2: It took it, it took Dan longer to pronounce this fellow's surname than it did to call out the entire Waterford bench. Did he get did he get it in the end? He got something.
1: Yeah. Prince.
2: <laughs> there you go. Well, it says it all. I'm not willing to even
1: attempt it, so. Don't give it a bash. Go on. You know I love doing this. Yeah, so he struggled with the Prof. So Prince Mutswunguma did it in one. Pretty cool name. You're a braver man than I. Say that ten times fast. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the early chances, Prof. We uh, tore into this game. Starting to click already. And with uh, Gaffney. This this drop ball situation was strange. Like Yeah. So hit the ref. And this is, before, this is him skidding all around the pitch. pitch was drenched, by the way. He was skidding around. He went flying. So it hit him in the back and it went to the Waterford player. So therefore, he just gave us the ball. I didn't understand this at all. And no one, this is to show you the this naivety and the inexperience of the Waterford team. None of them protested. None of them stood close to the ball for the drop ball. He got a free ball. He put it in the gaff and he horns and swings with his right boot thought the keeper should have saved as well yeah. and none of them protested after the whistle none of them protested when the ball got dropped if you look at the replay behind
2: the goal I kept looking for them to see someone giving out nobody no they need to be
1: schooled in the dark arts the referee technically was the assist before the assist yeah he was yeah technically yeah, yeah. yeah Uh yeah so, so was, um, good stuff there Prof. 1-0 and an early goal which is always great against these teams because you can you can kind of hammer them then yeah like the
2: chances you mentioned it was a very open start we actually had a couple of great chances the first five minutes yeah. Rory had a header from close range and then Carson himself put us up 1-0 up but um, this this goal by, by Gaffney do you know what I mean by this 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 is not an, a greener type of goal no
1: greener greener wouldn't turn like that greener would greener would look to play the ball maybe out wide, and then work mm. it in from there and hopefully someone puts him in like a cross and he steers home from there like
2: Gaffney made this himself you know, mm. this actually kind of reminded me of Brandon Miele at his peak oh good show, actually yeah touring yeah. and shooting on yeah, goal a sort of ruthless finishing mm. makes the goal himself
1: on his right foot as well yeah super stuff from Gaffney really happy with that he's uh, banging on the door this for team every time uh, Gary O'Neill prof this, uh, this, this fella is absolutely brilliant I'm not sure if it was this game might have been a different one but in the last two games you get muddled now because we've two games but there was one stage where we gave the ball away, so we gave the ball away. It might have been Longford, but we were giving the ball away. Fucking stupid, stupid amount of times. But we gave it away. He won it back. Gave it away again. He won it back. Danced around two players and then drew a foul, and all the pressure was off. I was just <laughs> looking at him thinking, that's good. It's yeah. Just it's football and like IQ. It's just a lot higher than others. Like he, he knows when to do things, when not to do things. He's a smart footballer. Smart, and he has the ability to back it up. He demands the ball, doesn't he? He did, definitely. All the time and he's just so able with it. So it's mm-hmm. what a player to have back in the team as well. I can't believe he been out for that long. We haven't uh, we we hadn't been talking about him really. But he got a goal
2: on thirty three. Yeah, so this was a Dylan Moss free kick. Uh first effort was uh blocked. Then it came back to him, hit it again into O'Neill. Bit of pinball, wasn't there? Yeah. A uh, scramble. Eventually it uh, crept over the line. So we were 2 nil up
1: One of those goals That doesn't hit the net it Yeah It kind of gets pawed out By the keeper But 2-0 up And we are Cruise control then But uh, immediately after uh, This We had Aaron Green Coming off after a bad tackle Absolutely clattered And this was a shocking tackle So mm-hmm. hopefully Green Is not too bad The reports are that He is nothing broken And nothing pulled But a bit of bruising He could be out for a week or two Maybe three so He really went under him Didn't he, <sighs> he And really, he seemed to fall Very awkwardly I think it was the fall I might have done it more than yeah. that but hopefully quick and speedy recovery for Greener so Berkey was on earlier than he would have expected and
2: there was a few bad tackles in this game as Brazier said post-match uh, Nudger took a nasty one near the
1: end as well they came in with it seemed like intentions to just fucking clatter us you know it mm-hmm. seemed like that as well considering what they've got one or two on the bench clubs in turmoil and they just came down with it bit of an attitude you know start mm. smacking Rovers players left right and centre But have you ever seen such a tiny
2: sentiment field come to Tally
1: yeah no with Bows possibly Bows were really yeah. small as well but they were they're were really really small it's all kids really isn't it but he yeah. won't put the other kids in the team either really because he thinks that they'll be hurt which is bullshit but they're gone now they got the bullet so it's all mm. about who's going to get in the water for next for real this time for real yeah yeah, so uh, yeah, and then the second, well, second half off, so 2 0 at the break, and we go into the game cruising, like we said. Yeah, and we started the second
2: half very well, and uh, like really should have wrapped it up in the first few minutes again. Uh, Berkey put a cross goal for Rory, but Rory just couldn't get a touch. Yep. Then after that, Danny shot wide. This true ball by Lee Grace oh, stop. was phenomenal. Stop oh it was brilliant gorgeous as we say that should have been 3 now.
1: yeah should have been 3 uh, game over but we did eventually get the third goal Mandryu on 54 and he kind of danced around a bit of pussy footing around the, the mm-hmm. box wasn't there
2: did you notice he was fixing his hair
1: as the ball was coming to him yeah yeah and then he buries it but was it a good bit of work by Max Murphy. am I right on the left yeah nice bit of work from young Max s- starting s- s- to take a shine in the first team and he puts in Danny Mandryu and he buries it uh, keeper got a touch, possibly. Keeper got a hand to it, alright, but he couldn't keep it out. But that's um, it. Rest, yeah. rest of the game, pretty much a non-event, then, wasn't it? it was an
2: assist for Max. Uh, first half, he struggled a bit. Would you say?
1: Yeah, he, I mean, he's still trying to get into the routine and swing of things, mm. and it's like uh, it's like any young player going to mm. a team, probably a little bit intimidated. And was that Roy Full playing that we like?
2: Yeah, I don't um, think he's
1: playing Roy Full. Was he playing centre mid? I can't remember, he was I can't remember it. but he's, he didn't stick out anywhere near like he did the last time so yeah I think like he might have been literally the only player I recognised on the mm-hmm. pitch I was, I was struggling myself but Oscar Brennan when reports coming from the camp that Oscar Brennan was in an old ding dong on the training pitch received a couple of stitches so that's him frozen out as well but he'll be back into the team mm-hmm. now considering the two gaffers are gone I believe but yeah no
2: Max settled into into the second half he, uh, he improved and we might need a, a fully fit, improved Max Murphy because our That's other two left-wing backs... Of course, doesn't
1: uh, it? The left-wing back position. <laughs> bit of an injury situation yeah. there. So we cover out with Ferruja out. Scales as well, more than capable there. I'd be putting Scales in, to be honest. I think he's uh, he's just shown that he's above and beyond quality in that team. Yeah. He's just so good and he can slot in anywhere. So it's great to see him. But like you said, the rest of the game... Rest of the game is just a bit of a non-event routine win. I think I called 3-0. I called 3-0 with Gaffney and Green are goals. So I got a little bit right. Yeah, there wasn't much
2: in the rest of the game. There was, there was a great move. with the, There was a 1-2 with Gaffney where it was flicked up to him and he hit it on the volley. Mm. And it reminded me of the, the Sean Boyd, yeah, the Gary Shaw yeah. goal against Bowles. remember that? This would have been some goal. And uh, Gaffney is fast becoming my favourite player this season, Gareth. He's
1: he's all action. He's brilliant. Bounces around the pitch, doesn't he? Doesn't he just yeah. bounce all over the pitch, and he's just very, very hard to deal. He's a handful. I heard the commentator was absolutely obsessed with the fact that he he had his socks pulled down. What, as in, like, yeah? I've noticed that some of them, like Jack Grelish as well, Grealish. Mm. I've noticed that he doesn't look, it doesn't look like he even wears shin guards. They're these tin little. Like slices of bread, they're really, really slim, and it's strange. Like, it, I don't know, obviously, they're regulation, but there's little or no protection there on those. All this obsession over Rory
2: socks, but did anyone notice that Sean Gannon cuts his socks? Cuts them? What do you yeah. mean? He has two holes at the back of his socks. Oh, and he does it on purpose something to do with his, his calves. He just needs to do it.
0: What?
1: Yeah. His calves area or his heels? Yeah. Either or, yeah. No I way. Know. I don't know exactly what it is but geez, yeah, it must be it must have obviously it has to do with something circulation. I don't know, yeah. you know. That's interesting anyway. Probably with the, with the calf stats. There you go. Sock stats. Sock stats, yeah.
2: Mike Newell. Mike Newell. Yeah. <laughs> that's nuts, wasn't don't it? Don't know about the sock tape now, but
1: that's that's your sock info. Uh, good and bad news with Neil Farouge returning um off the bench, but obviously coming back off, injured now. Um I've some I read somewhere that he could possibly have to change the way he runs. Because I think years ago get, running gigs was the same where he had to he runs in a certain way and it affects his hamstrings. Mm-hmm. So he might have to actually change how he runs. He kinda of runs a bit awkward, isn't he? A little bit
2: hunched at times but Yeah. Well, th- this was his first appearance in over five months and only his second appearance in seven months. Brads are not happy with the way he was treated at the twenty ones as well, said so yeah, he was overtrained. He lashed out, didn't he? Yeah, it was good to see said that they overworked him and he suffered a bad hamstring injury on international duty. When he, when he was on the pitch, he showed glimpses of what he can do. Ah, oh, he's and, super. And he his cameo.
1: He tore the arse of... Uh, we always talk about it, of Ethan Boyle against us and he was fantastic yeah. that day.
2: Did some good stuff down the left. Nearly set up Dino for a fourth goal. Mm. But then, very disheartening, wasn't it, to see him limp ah, off?
1: killer, yeah. It's killer. We're hoping it's not too bad, but the news doesn't look good. So hopefully, we wish him all the best. But we were we were extremely comfortable weren't we That's I ridiculous
2: mean, they never tried I saw someone say we were toying with them I thought that was the best description
1: yeah isn't it like you and your fucking psychopathic cat where they they just they kill a board and they just play with it around the garden <laughs> fucking knocking it around then they hand it to you as if it's a present you're yeah. like get away from me you psycho
2: yeah, to compare it to cats somehow. <laughs> yeah, to throw those digs in. All right. You think we're actually a bit too casual second half? Like we we had training a sh- ground, wasn't it? Training like, ground. We stuff? had a chance to boost the goal difference here, and we just sort of
1: maybe so. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Actually, we could have. We could have got on to get five or six, bump up the old goal it, difference. It Felt
2: like it was going to be a 6 0 game. Yeah, it did, didn't it? But it was nice to be in a comfortable position. Obviously, we've won a lot of games very late this season. Whereas this time, it was as good as over before the error mark
1: and we could make subs with one eye on Saturday exactly it was needed and it was needed to the point where we could look at Saturday like you said and get minutes and legs and uh, take people off if you feel that you need to rest them and job done 60 minutes and then just go from there yeah definitely agree with you on that one but happy enough overall 3-0 win. Oh, Geez, I'd love to see the stats on the possession I'd say it was, it was up in the 70s possibly so um, definitely happy with that and then we move on to the big top of the table clash on Saturday yeah so back to back clean sheets for the first time this season there's a nice little stat as well something I actually I didn't notice obviously because I was putting it together but um, yeah when when you say it now it is quite noticeable that we had been conceding so great to see us getting first time uh, clean sheets back to back
2: yeah like I said we might need uh, Max Murphy but as you say uh, Liam Scales will probably start there um, do you think Tyreek Wilson Gerhard Balls We'll let him develop for a year or two. With the cutter, cut, his,
1: uh,
3: yeah. his
2: time short, that balls yeah. and go
1: in and get him. Then we'll swoop into the feeder club and then we'll have two. He's played everywhere this season. He's played left back, left wing back, left forward. He's played, he's played all over the shop mm. and he's done well. So, yeah, good old Tyree. Good old Puss fella. Get him mm-hmm. in soon.
2: And one Robbie Keane popped his head out of the dressing room after the game, girl. In our dressing room?
1: Yep. What's he doing in there? There you go now. Why can't I go in the dressing room? If
2: <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he makes the occasional appearance at Rosestone for a bit of. Training, but the only time he's been in the dugout
1: has been that pre season friendly, isn't it? I hope Ray's not feeding him as well. This fella's (laughs) getting all the bonuses, all the pluses (laughs) into the stadium, watching the match, getting fed by Ray. Boycott Ray. So I say, Robbie Keane, listen, there we go, there's another one wearing his peaky blinders. Cappy was, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So the other results, prof. So on the Friday, prof, we draw the one, Sligo one, we pats three, disposing of Daradoy's long for easily Mm. enough. Cracker from Forrester. Cracker from Forrester. He clip the bar, just went, ding, straight in. Cracker. Uh, with Waterford nil, Dundalk three. So disposing of Waterford at home, fairly handy. And we had an amazing result in Daily Mount Park. 1, won 32 with a late, late goal from uh, <laughs> McJanet. <laughs> Sounds like something out of a, a, an action movie. It's not just typical
2: balls, though. they play out of their skin against us they look like title
1: challengers and then of course they go and lose the next game the the 100% sums them up and play out of skin like out of skin is right and then they go and lose at home to Derry who are going to finish (laughs) third Monday's results prof we have Drodda won Bows won and once again late late drama in heading the game park. so, so they're doing the opposite. Does <laughs> we're getting late
2: winners mm. and equalisers. They're conceding late winners and equalisers. Brilliant stuff here.
1: Late goal. I think Mystic Mick Cook called it and said uh, we could have more drama here. And then it goes in the header. And we for two Dundalk two as well. And once again, we talked about the the we talked about the commentator here. He was brilliant. He was uh, energetic to say the least. Two 0 up. Longford went. They Dundalk drew it back to two all. So. Uh, Dundalk are still there to be laughed at uh, Sligo won Pats won Bermo, nodding home late on again late goals everywhere prof uh, who got the Sligo goal I'm not too sure um, but either way it's one all draw possibly the best result for us
2: in the long run yeah we were having a chat before that where people were like what, what would you prefer here
1: it depends what you think in general who's going to slow down towards the end of the season doesn't it some people are dismissing Sligo now which I don't agree with no I think uh, Liam Buckley will once again when he gets his team out and his, and his squad settled they're good teams I think Sligo will be in and around there at the end of the season we Derry losing 2-1 I hope the hearts of the talking point this was brilliant I think the photograph I saw was uh, Foley celebrating in front of the fans on the wall and one of the fans yeah. just giving them the finger <laughs> brilliant photo it's He'd been getting correct. dogs abused all game So he decided to celebrate in front of them
2: But um, yeah All he was asked after was Is he thinking about Europe He was <laughs> like Am I going trip to Kilkei
1: Yeah He's brilliant I was like oh, yeah, <laughs> right, Why like, well, you don't take stock Until the 36 <laughs> games are played that's, what I, that's the one thing I took from that interview Stock <laughs> He's uh, Where's he a Galway man um, I think he's Galway Maybe Galway I think so I think it's Galway Because his brother was teaching some other League of Ireland player and his brother's a teacher but he's, mm-hmm. he's brilliant he's box office yeah. like you said and Foley, the
2: there who scored the winner he's still top goals scorer in the league yeah five goals it is.
1: super finish as well I loved the Barry McNamee slide pass and he he. I don't think he even looked he just slid it underneath the goalie that oh, was brilliant Lo- lovely lovely finish and straight over and it looked like when he ran over to the fans he jumped back over fairly quick it's like they jumped off the wall to get him <laughs>
2: Now you wouldn't see Mitzi jumping off now. I wouldn't and see Mitzi. Who's second highest scorer, Gar? Cameron McJanet. Cameron McJanet,
1: Yeah, he's on four. He's on four. He's caught a bit of a set piece maestro, and he's mm-hmm. he's banging them in from all these set pieces. So see, some
2: people are crediting Gaffney with four goals, but the one in Sligo,
1: cruelly taken off. Uh, my I checked.
2: Opinion. I checked officially that has gone down as non-goal.
1: Yeah, cruelly as well. So
2: he's on three. Um, as for the first division, Gar. There was that thing that never happened With oh, Shelburne Treaty the But thing, more importantly What were you
1: lost the life in the last one standing? More importantly And you bragged about uh, it
0: thinking you won it
1: Wexford Wexford had a goalkeeper <laughs> I, I'm nearly sure he even said ye, ye. I think he even made that noise No he didn't
2: <laughs> There was no voice message anyway Wexford had a goalkeeper sent off in the first minute And then the subkeeper came on and got sent off This is mental I've never seen it like that I don't that. think I've ever seen it no. It's 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 insane And
1: the yeah. the sending off For the foursome Was ridiculous I actually thought Harry Kenny was still With Wexford. Yeah no he's not But so he was. I was, I was It wasn't long ago He was now He was helping them out yeah, I was going to ask him about it but. Jesus but Yeah that forced sending off Was terrible for the for goalie It wasn't sending off at all I think he just handled it Outside his box barely Yeah I saw it's that It's not a red It's definitely not it's a crazy. red crazy But more controversy In the fourth division um so fifteen points for head of balls 13 ahead of Dundalk, so let's talk balls first. But <laughs> Carl, well, they have a cool room with pinball machines and record players that their board mm. can sit in. And and they have two podcasts now. Plus they have as climate officer. I think they've something else. I think they signed mm. something else. I don't know what it is, but it's mental what's going on at Bowes. I oh. think a couple of their fans <laughs> were on Twitter saying, Hey, it's grand, don't worry, climate officer's gonna score. <laughs> yeah. Poor
2: Kaiser having a meltdown on Twitter after Drogheda.
1: Yeah, it was great, wasn't it?
2: And a uh, great tweet from Maloney. Not that one. Johnny Maloney, a Bowles fan. He said... Uh, "Oh, Sorry, this was actually after Derry, not Dundalk. Not um, Drogheda. So the two undefeated homes of Derry on the Friday. He said, it's nice like tonight. You miss the crowds at League of Ireland. Yeah, Imagine the police escort... Keith Long would need Out of dating
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes Oh they would have Eaten them alive They're starting to turn as well And from what we are hearing Prof and me We have little boardies All over the town And what we are hearing Is that Long is crucifying them Extremely unfairly In the dressing room as well Starting to lose The dressing room Is the big big thing That we're hearing Going around And uh, These little boardies Don't tell lawyers Prof They're normally Very very true So the team (laughs) morale is rock bottom the squad is it's it's thin the fans aren't happy so Long is under extreme pressure has he ever been under this type of pressure in
2: but, his reign but is he under
1: pressure of course he's under pressure he is and they'll they'll fob it off like it's not this is the most pressure Long has ever been in as a boss manager and rightly so as well because they are right down the bottom of the table losing the dressing room and fucking organic goat's milk everywhere
2: but this is the way Lambert talks every time he's in the media. He's mm. not talking about challenging. Yeah, they're happy You're with the club, yeah. they, they, They're happy being, to
1: exist. Being a club. Yeah. Happy. There's, there's a look on Prof's face here. <laughs> happy to exist. Club of the people. Like you said. Maybe they're fun. They use charity as a guy <clears> to make money and get exposure for their bandmates, but <clears> that's it. Um, Maybe their Fontaine's
2: jersey is a jinx. Have, to, have, so, have they yeah. won
1: a game wearing that yet? I don't think so. Yeah, so the DC Fontaines, yeah. And unfortunately, life ain't always easy for balls at the minute. So, uh, yeah, Dundalk prop as well. <laughs> this is just fucking meltdown everywhere, isn't it? It's brilliant.
2: Dundalk's goalkeeping problem, Gary. Imagine having, go- having a goalkeeping problem in this day and age.
1: Peter Labutz Cherry. Um, this was mental. This was really, really poor force one. Second one as well. I don't know. Have they been infiltrated by a Portuguese betting mob?
2: Yeah. it actually does look that way, doesn't it? Like they're so bad. These holders—they
1: were really, really poor. I couldn't you can't make up for and that. this,
2: is, Peter? This is an experienced League of Ireland goalkeeper.
1: This isn't some random Albanian. Mm. Terrible, terrible. So, yeah. and we were saying, keep Cherry in. Or no, we—that's what we were saying. Is we, if we were Dundalk fans, we would have kept Cherry in, playing for the rest of the season if you had any sense. Yeah. he goes and does that. So, uh, we were sending a clip from the
2: Dundalk podcast, and according to them. James Talbot's agent rang them, rang Dundalk, looking to come there. Doesn't surprise me at, at all. the start of the season, but they weren't interested. Jesus.
1: Must have saw him in the semi
0: final. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: and here's a stat Longford Town's wage budget for the entire year. Oh, God. Would pay the Dundalk squad for two weeks. Wow. Prof with Wage stats Yeah James Lowe Tommy me that one
1: Taking it out of the Half of this one So Dundalk In absolute Free fall Great to see We knew what happened Eventually And scary scary Stuff coming from Their main man Bill El Billy boy Up top And pretty much Saying yeah You want your club Pay me What it's worth Which is a scary Scary thing So they are Unless, they, unless he gets The money He's a businessman he's, They're not getting Their club back uh, yeah, so that's it. Sheedy and Newell are gone for Morford, Prof. Sheedy. Um, it's <sighs> a mess, wasn't it? ah oh, they're a shambles. Well, you'll probably see Morphy coming back now. Maybe the two Morphys and, and Brennan will come back into the fold now as well. I think possibly, I said this earlier on, the Warford need to do an long. Just start building from the ground up again. Maybe give the young guys a chance. They're probably going to get relegated. Um start from the start again They don't. I think they're bringing in these uh, journeymen managers and they, like this guy never even managed a, 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 like a senior team before he managed kids most of the time I think he's I think they're mental they should find a good young pro with his A licence and just get him in there's plenty of them out there not getting chances and stuff like that I think give, give him a go As pro licence with this squad how how are they going to stay up no <clears throat> like you said we could barely name any of the players what's the story about naming <clears throat>
2: Like two subs in the bench, the previous game, and then four
1: against against us. Uh, well, it's it's bullshit, really, because he's he said like his players are young enough as it is, and he's saying that he can't play the youth players because he, he's out of fear of not getting protected. Am I right? By the officials, that's what he said. It's madness. It doesn't that that doesn't go well with me at all. Like he could easily like the players there are just as likely to be like what. Well, badly injured as anyone else do you know what I mean I mean look for God's sake all the players like Johnny Kenny 17 years of age scoring goals what did Buckley turn around and say oh, I'm terrified of playing him he might get injured might get badly hurt no it's not it's just the way they, it's a cop out for him but they're gone they're done and dusted Prof Name yeah, Scales Prof and Graham Burke both nominated for the league's player of the month a bit harsh possibly on um, Mandrew yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, Dylan Watson, Scales, and Sean Hart, Danny Mandroyo are nominees for the Club Player of the Month award. So, uh, ooh. who would you pick? Scales, then? Scales is getting for Bolton.
2: Yeah, Scales for me there.
1: Unfortunately for Watts as well because he's been going. Danny, but now Scales has just been a, a step ahead of everybody once again with the football IQ. Just a step ahead. Sometimes he's absolutely brilliant. I forgot to mention actually in the
2: in the Harps game, especially even though. That first seventy minutes, we we weren't entirely happy Ruby, with how it was going. No, um, we felt like we weren't putting four or five passes together often enough. But I was always impressed by Watts. I just I love the way he always looks to drive us
1: forward. Always he gallops out like a trusty steed, doesn't he? He's like a mm. stallion coming out from the defense, galloping out. It's brilliant, and he always wants to go forward. Always, and that's what I love about this. We like he's confident in himself to do yeah. it as well brilliant great to see so yeah he's, scales getting voted for me and bad news unfortunately we'll be unseeded in the Champions League qualifiers but then again is it bad news are we gonna it's a look of the
2: draw at times isn't it if you look at some of those potential opponents some scary ones in there give
1: us a few rattle a few off there prof I can't even remember them was, was I, there was I saw the yeah. one I think a uh, couple of dynamos a couple of Spartaks, maybe <laughs> But yeah, it's a it's it is the look of the draw, it depends. It depends on which like I fancy us in Europe now. I really do. I fancy us creating chances because you're a bit weary of the team ahead of you and you're not gonna play a usual game, possibly. I love I love Europe. So But it's just that winning that first
2: Champions League round we've talked about this before. That's that's what opens up all the doors. If you win that first round, you're guaranteeing yourself eight games. Unbelievable In the campaign, so a campaign you get, get through
0: the first
1: two rounds, you get eight games. Well, the first, Money.
2: the first round, and then say you get knocked out the second round. Yeah, then you go into the Europa League, and if you lose that, you're conference. into the conference.
1: It's Italian the first That's, game, it's four ties, huge problem yeah. huge. But Jesus. you could get A unlucky and draw, you know. So if we lose the first one, if we lose the first tie, where do we go? Into the Europa League, or out altogether? I don't remember the.
2: Dan Fulham's
0: that, the
1: man yeah. for this. Dan Fulham alone, he, he knows all this. this. The coefficients. Um, yeah. So we'll move on, Prof. That's it. Oh, hopefully we get to go to Europe. It'll be unbelievable. It? Getting a little bit giddy thinking about. Um, so that is that. And Owen Doyle, Prof. Can we get him in the club? No one's getting out of the club. Get Owen Doyle in the club. Hashtag Bring Doyler Home. He was interviewed on off the ball. Webby's his, Webby's his cousin. Good talent man. we get him involved. And uh, we're paraphrasing here, but he basically said, "No, we're not paraphrasing. This is a phrase. This is this is totally total quote <laughs> quote under a quote. My dream would, move, would be would be move. <laughs> my dream would be to move back to Shamrock Rovers. I'd be there tomorrow if they would have me. I'd really love to be released by my club and <laughs> sign for Rovers straight away as soon as possible. Yeah. Stephen Bradley, come get me. Full quote. It's
2: not a good start from the Rovers podcast. Sorry, grossly misquoting <laughs> you, but." Yeah, no, he has 18 league goals for Bolton this season. Could you imagine signing a player of that calibre? Oh, he was super.
1: He really was. He was excellent. He was in the same league as that, like, the the league that we were, he was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant, technically just so class. And he was playing, he got swiped up, I think, at 16s or 17s to go to Sligo, maybe, I think it was. And he was just class. He fit, fit straight in. And he just left that team and he was brilliant. And he's 33, so... Do it now. Like, don't wait until you're 36. <sighs> like, dover. Strikers are different, yeah. Might lose that little yard of pace. But, yeah. Now, great quote from Owen Doyle. So, uh, we're going to plaster that all over social media tomorrow. See how Bolton like it. But, yeah, Barstilver's reaction as well to the Old Trafford pitch invasion. Jesus Christ, this exposed a lot of virgins. Oh, my God. Did you see the one in particular? Oh, Paddy Murphy. The uh, hooligans, the criminals, and, uh, and virgins like yourself. What was going on? He got that ass- was cringe, buddy. He got crucified. He got shredded. Rightly crucified as well. What, yeah. like, what's he thinking? And then he kept, he went on to mention their league. When he was, he's was actually a Pose fan who was gutting him, and um, he mentioned he went on to mention something about their league. So like, you know, you're Irish living in a shed following Liverpool. You get a grip at yourself, like. And I think the, the most frustrating thing was, mm. if you've ever spoken to a lot of these bar stealers, they've never gone and taken in a game. So they'll say, oh, standard is shy. How many times have you watched a fantastic Premier League game on the telly? And said, that's been great. Like, get your head out of fucking clouds. That is what really frustrates me most, is they'll say, the standard is shy," But they probably count, count on one hand the amount of games they've mm. gone to. That's what really, really annoys me now. Some of these
2: people who have like, never set foot in a football stadium in their life, have no right to
1: an opinion. And I was I was loving the fact that I'd say there's a lot of people who got their ordered in points and they set up days and they wore their scarves and their jerseys they were sitting in their sitting room and then the game got cancelled. <laughs> just like yes
2: Oh Barney hit the nail on the head. He's like they were so upset because they had their takeaway points ordered for the match.
1: <laughs> oh man. brilliant, <laughs> yeah. Brilliant.
2: Leading like John Smith United fan from Blanchardstown telling people from the city of Manchester how they should behave and not be hooligans yeah oh
1: it was cringeworthy get a grip like these guys have no idea what it's like to be on the terraces or in the culture and they don't know they sit and they watch they think football is a TV show that is that sums them up so they've no right to comment (laughs) or opinion that's valid on this situation at all
2: fantastic Waterford whispers article we just want our, our club uh want our club back Confirms Manchester United Dublin fan
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Madness Madness But we'll move on But it was great to see It was great to see Fair play to everybody involved And uh, the easing In restrictions in Ireland So the next couple of months Prop the government said Outdoor gatherings EG sports Will be considered From July 5th Which coincides With the first leg Of a Champions League tie <gasps> And next uh, The news this morning They were saying That there will trial Sports events in July So these trials Oh god Hopefully Hopefully it happens <coughs> you can
2: see it being like maybe, maybe
1: that's their maybe that's what they're looking at you know if I don't even think they delve that deep into what goes on behind like the scenes at League of Ireland but maybe they thought okay well what's a significant game what could what could we throw crowds for and they said okay Champions League let's go they actually had someone informed but I doubt it but maybe you never know
2: can you see it's like following rugby's lead like to try something in rugby first and then
1: yeah football do, you, or- do you know what annoyed me as well like as good of a show it is no real in the ears. hmm they show the women's camogie. they show the women's football, or Gaelic, they show the men's Gaelic, they're the men's hurling. They don't show any League of Ireland. Anything. So I'm thinking about boycotting it, putting it on a list of hatred. They don't stare it. But they don't show anything. Like, why wouldn't they show it? So we don't, we don't do a
2: list of hatred for about two years. And then in two weeks, Joey O'Brien and Reading in the Year is going... <laughs> yeah, we explode. But... Um yeah, there was talk so about something a few weeks ago, wasn't there, about some sort of trial where you make, you know, maybe ten percent of the total capacity. i be take held that. In. So like ten percent of eight thousand. So you're talking about eight hundred in yeah, the tada. Yeah.
1: That's all of us. Yeah. That's the members Yeah, I mean, that, that, That'd make a difference. Unfortunately, for Turner, he'll have to watch in his house <laughs> or on the golf course, whatever
2: way it goes. So, will you? you be playing golf, or will you be playing footy?
1: Yeah, that's it. We're looking at that next. The yeah. official foot <laughs> of provider for the show yeah. uh, we're looking at getting a day out in the foot and and uh, the technique is it's all about the technique apparently they've changed it up from last time I was there but it would be interesting if we can get this going the Tifties Foot Championship and uh, we're, we're looking to get involved in that and as well the Tifties Fat Club prof that is going to be coming into fruition soon enough as soon as the gyms open we are going to start shedding these pounds we put on over COVID. And we're going to have a 50s fat club. So stay. Uh, keep your, your your eyes peeled and your your ear to the floor for that one. Because um, there's a few chubbies going around. <laughs> and we're going to try and lose the weight. We're going to try and have a little competition and donate a few quid to some uh, to some men's health charities. And we'll see how we get on with it. So if you're interested, let us know. If you've enjoyed lockdown. Yeah. um. Uh, Yes, yeah, so that's the easing of restrictions and that's it. So hopefully Prof we get to a game and like I said, my prediction was Champions League away from my first game back with fans. So yeah, next up we're gonna move on to the stats.
3: There is a mathematician, a different kind of mathematician and a statistician. Stats
0: out
1: We've had plenty of stats already, Prof. We've had sock stats, we've had mm-hmm. all sorts, so what have you got for us?
2: Quite a lot here actually. But uh, I'll try and get through it. Um, so our unbeaten record, just to sum it up, is played 31, won 25, drew 6, lost none, scored 67 and conceded 12.
1: Ooh, this conceded part is yeah. absolutely gorgeous.
2: But the 25 wins though, I mean, this isn't one of those, you know, you get some of these runs where half of them are draws, don't you? Mm-hmm. This is 25 wins in 31
1: games. Wow. Absolutely superb Impressive. stuff. And there's, and you know what, of course, of course, the one person to knock this was Fabio O'Brien. <laughs> Fabio O'Brien <laughs> came out and the chocolate teapot, as I like to call him, uh, he came out and he said, oh, well, it's because the standard has dropped. No, you beat what's in front of you. And the standard hasn't really dropped. Do you it's, know what I mean? Yeah, it's funny how when Dundalk were
2: winning leagues, the standard was very high. But when we win it, it it's gone down
1: it's funny isn't it it's always the case the anti-rover anti-rovers uh, media biased the whole lot they just come out in droves but you know what we just keep hooking it up it's actually great though it is it is It's lovely. we love
2: the hatred there's just no getting around this Gary this is a 100 year old league 100 year old league and, and people sha- still have fucking problems and with it. Shamrock Rovers had the longest unbeaten run of all time. All time. Try and take that away from us. Beating our own record as well, we yep. might add. So give us some more yeah. stats, come on. A quote from Owen Kowser. He said, The last time Shamar McGraw was lost in the league, a video conference call was still a Skype rather than a Zoom, and John Delaney had not left the FEI.
1: love <laughs> no way. Yeah. I like that. That's a cool one. You could even throw in Colbert Colbert
2: didn't even exist yet Yeah there you go The bat hadn't mated with the Whatever the fuck <laughs> <laughs> So yeah 31 game and I wrote a little article on the website A bilingual article Ooh. yeah.
1: In Portuguese as you, well I you, bet You could translate it to
2: Portuguese That'll make our growing Brazilian fan base very happy
1: Olivier Nato, One of our big yeah. big uh, Companions mm. over in Brazil One of the
2: Criticisms from Um I don't know was it Dundalk or Derry fan or something but he was like yeah but you lost the cup final and I was like it's a league record mate that's, that's how league stats
1: work <laughs> they're separated because they're they have <laughs> different names This yeah. cup this league <laughs> it's, evidence is there like. oh no hope for some people <laughs> no hope this is when you just, <laughs> just puts his hand in his head he's just like oh gone full of Patrick Stewart
2: and Star Trek yeah, meme here yeah. The, yeah, so the past game of Saturday will be Stephen Bradley's 150th league game in charge. Ooh, stats, I like these ones. Yeah. And he reached the 250 league goal mark over the weekend. So that was our sixth straight win. And I like this actually, this, that's the fourth different time that we've put six straight league wins together. Oh, so six Braxton. in a
1: row, four times, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Like that's, that's impressive. That's a
2: nice streak. So that was our 13th consecutive win over Finn Harps. Remember those stats? I oh re- yeah, these are, are the
1: stats that never reared their ugly heads. I
2: refused to talk about last week. and uh, A ninth straight win over Watford. So. Two happy hunting grounds there. It's two teams we constantly beat. Uh, ben Cleary had a great Gary O'Neill
1: stat. Eh? Oh, this was brilliant.
2: He said this since the... Can we just
1: give some appreciation for how much piss he boils <laughs> on Twitter? Because <laughs> he's fucking brilliant. There's
2: a, there's a bit of an empty space In the flag Boiling piss Since 1899 Let's just put Ben Cleary's head there <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, He's great
2: So since December 2020 We've won all seven games With Gary O'Neill And the four games Without him We've lost the FBI Cup Final The President's Cup Final And we drew with Patson
1: Oh He's just a luxury isn't he yep. A luxury And not in the sense of A broke luxury Just yeah. a Great fucking thing To have in your life and we've never
2: lost a league game with Liam Scales.
1: Oh, there we go. I don't think we lost a game at all with Scales in it. Or am I getting that wrong? Well, we saw
2: him at the start of 2020 so mm. he doesn't know what a league defeat is. Yeah. <laughs> Same with Rory Gaffney. Um, I'm going to finish off with some out Stats. Um, Pats on Saturday will be his 75th consecutive league game for Rovers.
1: Ooh, wow.
2: And it'll be his 50th consecutive game
1: Oh no, I've got In gonna, I've all got, competitions. Don't tell me about. I'm I'm waiting for something ominous. I'm waiting for you to predict something
2: here. No no no. He hasn't missed a game since the twenty nineteen Leicester Senior Cup. Jesus. Because he couldn't get a lift to Killester.
1: <laughs>
2: Obviously what happened there. Uh Waterford was his seventy fifth league clean sheet for Big Al. So one more will put him joint third with Jody Byrne. Jesus. On seventy-six, then he'll be behind Al No He's a bit to go, am I right? Yeah. Al No eighty seven and Barry Murphy ninety seven.
1: Ninety seven, Barry Murphy. Mm. Wow. But uh,
2: yeah, McDerrh actually did a great interview or he did a great piece there on on Al. Like he had quotes from Al himself and brazer and Dee Grace and mm. stuff. He's he's kinda of looking at Al's distribution as well. Yeah, it's, it's,
1: a, it's a lot better. Because it's not, it's not, people don't really talk about it. But think about how little he had to... he like It wasn't a part of his game when he was initially with Rovers. Yeah. And now he's been made work on it. You have to. You have to be able to play football. And I'm confident as well. I don't think, oh, fuck. I'll do like a Ryan Thompson job. It's not like that. But well, you're confident of him with the ball at his feet. So it's great. Yeah. And that's improved as well. All through the coaching team. So, once again, hats off to the lads. So Brasler said that
2: Uh, Alan is brilliant at managing his body and making sure he's ready for game night he said as he's got older his understanding of his body has been brilliant so it's no coincidence that he doesn't miss games if we didn't play the way we play I don't think Alan would be here to be honest I think he would be retired what he has here is a challenge when we spoke to him about signing in 2018 I showed him how he wanted to play and what he'd have to bring to it and he was excited by it Excellent. He hadn't been asked to do that before. And as a type of player, when you put a challenge in front of him, he wants to meet it head on. And that's what he's done here. Teams press us, but he plays through us, through it. Uh, He's learning every week and has been fantastic. And then this is Adam Mann speaking himself. He says, in training as a goalkeeping team, we work not just hitting to the player, but to their chest or their feet or over an opponent rather than just close to them previously at being a robbers it was usually about hitting as far as you could into an area where your strikers can challenge for the header it's very different now where you're trying to pick people out and maintain possession
1: once again brother sees things we'll never see and that type of detailed uh, training is absolutely mental I find that fascinating it's like okay we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna train now what are we doing we're gonna kick the ball to people's chests for 20 minutes then we're gonna make sure that it goes to that left foot then we're gonna go to the right foot then we're gonna put it over the over the fullback's head but not too far and then we're gonna put it over the fullback's head again but then a little bit further so it's just every type of pass they just know what to do like it's deadly it's brilliant I'd say training is class you'd love to give it a go wouldn't you you'd love to get, get involved there <laughs> To be a fly in the wall. Yeah. So brilliant stuff again, prof. Is that the end of the stats? Yep. That was an absolute cracker this week. So we're gonna move on to starting 11s and predictions. <laughs> Who toughest one all week, prof. Toughest one all week. Um I'm I'm am i I'm torn here. Obviously, I'm gonna go manis, Pico Hor Joey, Scales and Gannon. Um, uh, Gannon I'm even doubting that now Is he fit? I don't know I don't know I'm Struggling here already bro
2: Depends Do he have the right socks on?
1: Does he have the right socks on? Um. Yeah we'll go Gannon again right? We'll go Gannon Gary O'Neill of course In the middle Now here's the big question Is it McCann? Uh, do you play McCann in the middle? Do you play Watts? I think I think we're going to need McCann's composure in the middle of the park here. I'm going to go Gary O'Neill McCann. I think we're going to need composure. He's a little bit more able-bodied on the ball. And uh, the big one now is Gaffney's up front. Watts, Bork, Mandreuil. I have to pick two out of those. Watts is the form, man. Bork didn't start. I'm going to put Mandroyu on the bench. And I'm going to start McCann in the middle to combat Benson and Benson, Lennon, I'm thinking Benson still fit. Benson, Lennon, and Forrester. So that's going to be a battle in the middle of the park there. I think we're going to need the likes of McCannon there to be able to hold on to the ball and keep possession and not give it away. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to have to break on with Gary O'Neill. Obviously, he's going to be in there, get stuck in. But what's Bourke and Gaffney? And obviously, we've we've scales and Gannon going on. But we're not going to be playing that wide game. We're going to be seeing Coughlin dropping deep and then bringing their wingers in as well. So it's going to be a great battle. Do we even have a wide game? Never mind that. Uh- the
2: tightest pitch in the league oh in yeah I think as yes, regards
1: to getting to, yeah oh no in car yeah it's, yes. it's non-existent so it's going to be a battle in the middle of the park I think Gary O'Neill and McCann might be the ones to get stuck in can't drop Watts as a foreign hmm. player Bork Bork is Bork. he could pop up any time
2: yeah, Gary O'Neill versus Forrester is the oh, battle of the night
1: I'm relishing it I'm relishing it he's going to be in his pocket for the night in my opinion but I think it's all about like Mandrew's a foreign player now as well it's tough I can't drop Watson because he's got the assists and he's playing well I think he can run this game and I mean there's no worse player here that we're dealing with you know I'm going to go I'm going to go 3-2 as well I'm going to go a cracker of a game 3-2 Who Who'd you pick up front? Gaffney we got Gaffney because yeah, Greeners yeah. Greeners a couple of weeks out So I'm going to go Gaffney I've got go another goal for Gaffney uh, Borkham Watts 3-2 to the hoops.
2: I'm only making one change here uh, compared to yours. I'm playing. I'm starting Finn in midfield oh, instead. Contemplate instead of McCann.
1: So Gary O'Neill and Finn.
2: And I am same as you. I have enjoy, enjoy you on the bench, so I have enjoy you and McCann coming out the bench to hopefully influence the game second yeah, half
1: Yeah, yes, I like the sound of that. Actually, that's yeah. not too bad. But it's tough, isn't it? It really is tough. Can you imagine how fucking Brad's feels? I say that every week at this stage, don't we? Give us your goals, scores.
2: Uh, well, Gareth. The last four meetings between these teams have ended in draws. How many only, red cards? Only, only two goals scored in total in four games.
1: Can we try and keep Joey on the pitch? <laughs> yeah. That's a big
2: request. Um, uh, yeah, in. I'm going scoreline. I'm going to say, I'm going to say one all.
1: Go, Prof, with the the voice of reason, as ever, yeah. as ever. So that is it for this week's starting levels and predictions. So the contrast is huge again but we just scanned on a greener and his ankle during the week so not much uh, not many results I don't know official results it's not how we work as a club but little birdies tell us that it's not as bad as it once uh, was predicted so nothing broken hopefully but a couple of weeks out maybe one or two weeks so it's not too bad so he'll be back running in no time um, Prof I think we talked about Pat's maintaining their title challenge before they're one or two injuries or suspensions away from a bad run in my opinion. I think you got the likes of Forrester let's say you he gets suspended or he gets an injury and Coughlin I mean look at Desmond mm-hmm. goalkeeper as well Yaros. now we're in a similar situation with a goalkeeper but we can afford a suspension or an injury or two which we had had which <coughs> we've had with Cavill which we have with Farrouji we've young Max Murphy who can step in we've scales he can go in there our squad is capable of this. Now couple of Pats fans I know use this as a stick to beat us with and they'll say biggest budget in the league and stuff like that yeah, yeah okay fair enough we have a big budget do not underestimate how big bu- how, how uh, big Pats budget is as well like they're, they're knocking out a couple of bags of sand to people so I don't I don't think that uh, that's, that's a valid excuse but no they are a couple of suspensions and injuries away from losing form I think anyway because they are very like name who's going to go in for Cochran if he gets injured or has to miss a game young Bournes, he going to play up front, inexperienced teenager, the guy they got from West Ham, Smith, I don't think it's, I think, like I said, that's a couple of sh- suspensions, and injuries away. Well, the only worry would be,
2: is like, they, they've got that late equaliser, against Ligo, if they were to beat us here, that would be some momentum, to be on. Huge. And if they do keep these players fit, then they are, on a serious title challenger. Yeah. So, like we we're, were joking before the game, like, uh, would you even don't don't <laughs> no how, how did uh, how did Jason Maloney put it something like you don't look for a draw but afterwards if it's a draw you're happy which to me it just sounds like
1: you take a draw you're looking for a draw you take a draw
2: <laughs> but
1: yeah now I kind of get what he's saying and so you wouldn't take the draw yeah. but if the draw after 90 minutes happened you take it <laughs> so you're taking the draw no to
2: me it's more about kidding past momentum
1: yeah I think so yeah
2: I think I agree with you there as well and plus we want to keep our own unbeaten run going
1: exactly exactly yeah I totally agree and with we're talking point. about
2: like what this just, just the 10th game of the season so it's more about yeah you don't want them to, to look back at this point and think this is where their cherish
1: began at their turning point yeah 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 totally agree so it's the last a, top of the cla- the, blah blah. the last top of the table clash with Pats Prof ooh let me see
2: I actually answered it in the chat if you remember
1: was it I'm going to guess was Billy Denny he sent off no was it Billy Suarez no was not 2012 maybe yeah go on hit me with it
2: it was the 5-1
1: defeat under Stephen oh, Kenny oh boy why <laughs> did you do it Jen, just cancelled the podcast <laughs>
2: Killian Brennan left back Chris Forrester He was the early on in that didn't he?
1: Yeah. Oh prof why did you do that? He you you had to bring it up he was actually a Pats fan was actually showing people anyone who'd listen he was showing Forrester's highlight reel and he was showing them that goal and stuff like that I was just like oh man they just cling on to it cling on to it for dear life but yeah thanks for bringing that up That's fair play great way to end the podcast you asked the question <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it For this week Prof Once again Thanks to all our sponsors And all our official partners Who exist out there But a big one On uh, top of the table Clash in Richmond On Saturday So that is it for this week And keep on hoping. See ya
0: You come at the K. You best not miss